0: From API, this is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day.
1: Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm Jane Van Ryan. BP reported last week that some 30,000 people have volunteered to help clean up the Gulf of Mexico oil spill. So far, the company reports, more than 4,000 of them have been trained. The strong interest in the cleanup does not come as a surprise to Chris John. He's the president of the Louisiana Mid-Continent Oil and Gas Association, and he's on the telephone with us today to describe how his state is responding to the spill. Chris, thank you for joining us.
0: Hi, Jane. Thanks a lot. I'm uh, happy to be here.
1: How would you describe the reaction of the people in Louisiana to the oil spill?
0: Well, Jane, Louisianians have have been in the oil and gas business for, for nearly a hundred years. Uh, I think that they understand best uh, not only the impact to to them, parochially uh, and from an economic standpoint, but I believe they understand that Louisiana is so important to the energy security of America. Uh, you know, Louisiana itself. Uh, and the Gulf of Mexico produce about 25% of the oil that we use every day. So uh, the people of Louisiana, although they are very concerned about this, as they should be and as all of us are, I think they are they are understanding that this industry, this industry is here uh, to stay for, for a while because of our energy needs, and we need to, to get really focused on the task of finding out what went wrong, cleaning it up, and get back to producing the energy that America and Louisianians so desperately need.
1: I know that Louisiana is a big energy-producing state, but just how would you describe energy's importance or the importance of oil and natural gas to your state's economy?
0: Well, it's tremendous. 320,000 people, direct and indirect, work in this industry every day in Louisiana. And of that, about 60,000 are directly tied to exploration and production, refining and pipeline to this state. So it is a tremendous jobs creator for this state. And then on on the other side, the economics of it, it is a $70 70, $70 billion industry to this state in Louisiana. So it is a tremendous industry. It's an economic driver for the state and has been for many, many, many years uh, you know, in fact, uh, from from a state perspective, you know, I was in the state legislature uh, back in the, the late 80s, and I understand that the oil and gas industry uh, is 14, and the revenues that are divided by the state and uh, state government is about 14% of the budget. Uh, so it is a tremendous industry for Louisiana. And, you know, I speak uh, a, a little bit parochial about it and selfish because I understand it from Louisiana. Uh, but when you look at it in the bigger perspective, uh, you know, the $70 billion economic impact to Louisiana uh, is minimal next to what the economic impact to all Americans are in providing our energy security.
1: But energy is not the only industry that you have in your state. I mean, you've got a lot of people there that are in the fishing and tourism industries as well. How are they reacting to the spill?
0: Well, you know, you can, you can imagine that they're very concerned about uh, – about their industry, the tourism is an enormous industry for Louisiana, and and certainly the fisheries. One-third of the seafood uh, comes right out of the Gulf of Mexico and its estuaries. And and I'm concerned. I'm a fisherman uh, and a hunter. Uh, I'm concerned about it. And uh, the the fishermen, they're not just concerned or panicked about it. Uh, They understand the oil and gas industry and how it coexists in this working coast that we have, um, and they've dealt with issues like this, certainly not uh, this uh, this magnitude, um, but they are joining in the fight and offering their assets uh, and their expertise of the knowledge of the waters and all uh, to the Coast Guard and, and, and to the EPA to, to help clean this up because it is a livelihood for them and we should be very concerned about that.
1: Just a couple of days, Chris, you spent some time down along the Louisiana coast where responders are working to stop the leaking oil. What did you see? How would you describe the level of activity down there?
0: Well, it was uh, it was heartwarming somewhat, I guess you could say. At least uh, I went down to Hopedale, Louisiana. Um, actually, is the staging point of where uh, they're putting out all of the oil boom. Some one million feet of oil boom have already been... Uh, deployed across uh, across the gulf coast and it was uh, uh, it was very good to see not only the uh, the state officials and the federal officials but they're also interacting with the local uh, fishermen the local people who who make a living in the estuaries and uh, the activity level was was incredible. everyone had a job to do there were unloading booms off of eighteen wheelers onto boats they had people. Uh, assembly line people loading them onto boats, and then they take off, and here comes another boat. So, the activity was uh, was, was very heartwarming to see that everybody, uh, both officials and stakeholders, uh, meaning Louisiana residents, were very engaged in in trying to lend a helping hand to make this happen.
1: Chris, how would you characterize BP's response to the spill?
0: Well, of course, this is the, one of the first times that this has ever happened in, in, the, in the Gulf of Mexico to this magnitude. And um, certainly BP has, uh, has really stepped up to the plate. Uh, they have, I can tell you, I've been on several conference calls with them. Um, they have not minced words. Uh, they're going to do whatever it takes uh, from a financial standpoint and a resource standpoint to make sure that they respond. And, you know, even some of the higher-level officials, both in the state and the federal level, um, have, have really signed up and said, BP, you know, this, this is doing everything they can. However, this incident is bigger than BP. Uh, I, and there's a small family, you know, of, of oil and gas companies that operate in the deep water and in the Gulf, and they have certainly stepped up to the task. And because it's 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 so much bigger than BP, that other oil and gas industry uh, companies, I'm sorry, have pitched in their resources, their boats, uh, their uh, remote op- operated vehicles, uh, all of the different things uh, that you need uh, to be able to contain this. So. Uh, I think BP has done uh, uh, what they can do in an, int- in, a, in an issue like this that is so massive, uh, but other oil and gas companies have certainly pitched in because this is about the oil and gas industry as a whole, and it's bigger than BP.
1: I understand that a group of congressmen recently visited Louisiana. Uh, I think that might have been Hopedale, which is one of the staging areas, the one that you referenced.
0: Yes, ma'am. Uh, I think it was very important. Um, to have members of Congress and decision makers, especially in washington d c uh, to come down and get a first hand look of, of, of what 's going on, get a feel uh, of the culture, get a feel of louisiana 's coast uh, both from a, a recreational and a commercial fishing and tourism industry, but also to look at uh, the oil and gas industry uh, and what they what kinds of activities they are doing. I think that was very important because uh, being a former member of Congress, I can certainly understand uh, how you can be removed being uh, in the halls of the, the United States Capitol uh, and not understanding it. So, uh, you know, Ed Markey, who is the uh, chairman of the Select Committee on Energy and uh, Climate Climate and Energy Policy that was uh, appointed by uh, Speaker Pelosi, uh, was one of the people uh, that actually uh, came with the CODEL Uh, I was a former colleague of of Mr. Markey, and we got a chance to uh, to speak. And, And he was very concerned about the spill and about what happened. But I think he was very encouraged to see the level of activity both on the federal side, the BP side, other oil and gas companies, and the locals in what we were doing. And we were down in Hopedown. We actually got a chance to see them loading some boom onto a vessel Um, as a crew of of both officials, federal and state officials, and local fishermen and oystermen on the boat kind of helping them navigate it. So I think that's very important to get decision makers down here that are frankly going to make the decisions on on the future of offshore oil and gas uh, as it relates uh, to the United States.
1: Chris, you bring a unique perspective to this oil spill. You've been a member of Congress and you've worked in the oil and gas industry for some time. So, in your view, should this spill alter the President's plan to expand offshore energy development?
0: Well, of course, uh, you know we were very encouraged by uh, President Obama's uh, announcement several weeks ago uh, about his uh, uh, expanding the offshore uh, access to oil and gas exploration. Um, And, again, I think it's very important to know because when you look at the states of Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, Oklahoma, what I call the producing states, uh, you know, it's still a numbers game, Jane, that you have to deal with in Congress. Uh, And from the the people that understand, the Louisianians of the world and Texans that understand this, this industry, Uh, we are the minority as members of Congress. As I like to say, if you put all the producing state members of Congress together, uh, you know, there's like 54 members of Congress. Well, there's 53 or so in in California alone. And it is our job to make sure that people understand very simple facts and truths. Oil and gas has got to be a major mix in providing energy for this country, along with alternative sources of fuel, which has to be a part of the portfolio in fact, we're going to need, as someone said, every, every drop uh, and every BTU of energy that we can, we can find to fuel our growing economy.
1: Very good point. Chris, John, thank you so much for joining us today on Energy Tomorrow Radio.
0: Thanks, Jane. Uh, anytime. I was uh, happy to be here. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.